are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? We have so much to get to today. Ben Simmons is causing a ruckus in Philadelphia. There are NFL games this weekend that we are looking forward to. And we are going to finish our division preview for the NBA. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Always 76% ready. I think last show you said you were higher percent ready than that. So I like how you've taken a step back at being good on this show. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm always tired these days because uh, basketball is back. So I'm going to sleep late. So it, it, it fluctuates. I'm just always prepared. Webb, let's start with football. First game, Thursday night, 820. Denver at Cleveland. Cleveland are favored by two points at home. Everyone on Cleveland is hurt. Kareem Hunt, out. Nick Chubb, out. Both offensive tackles, out. I'm taking Denver to win in cover because I can't name one person on Cleveland anymore. They're all gone. I have uh, Denver winning and covering for the same reason. Case Keenum's not bad every now and again. And I know you and I are going to watch this game, but there's no reason for Denver to lose this game. I honestly think I'm doing basketball. I'm not sure I'm going to watch tonight, football tonight. I'd, basketball's back. Milwaukee's playing. Dallas is playing. I think I'm going to do that instead. This game I do not care about at all. Honestly. You can always do both. Yeah, I'm going to do both for sure. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest, I'm pathetic. Okay. Sunday at 1. First game up, Carolina at the New York Giants. Carolina are favored by three points on the road. Carolina have lost three games in a row. And Sam Darnold has thrown six interceptions in those three games. Webb, what is your prediction for this game? I have Carolina to win and the Giants to cover. I don't trust your Carolina Panthers at all. You got a little too excited when they're 3-0 against uh, the garbage of the NFL. And uh, the real Sam Darnold's out. You make valid points. I was very excited. And they have come back down to earth. I still think Sam Darnold is going to be a good quarterback. I still think he will be. It might not be this season. He's got to knock a year off of the rust from the Jets. But 2022, baby, he's coming back. I have Carolina to win and cover because I'm stupid. And the Giants are probably going to win by 30 points. This is going to be a blowout. Uh, Joe Judge came out today and said the fish rots from the head, admitting he's been a bad head coach. And now they're going to they're gonna get healthy and dominate somehow. And we're both going to look stupid. But there's no way Carolina should lose this game. No way. And Evan Ingram's out, as usual. Sterling Shepard may not play. Saquon's and, out. Yeah, what else is new? Um, and <laughs> and I think Kadarius Tony's even out. So, And, and what about Kenny Galladay? Is he back? He's back for maybe a snap. Like he, It's always hurt, too. If he's back, he's out again. Doesn't matter. He's not going to play. Wow. Yeah, it's terrible. It's really bad. I have zero faith in this team. Atlanta at Miami. Atlanta on the road are favored by two and a half points. Miami has been in trade talks. People from the Houston Chronicle, very connected to the Texans, are saying that a Deshaun Watson to Miami trade is likely to happen at some point this week. This is from a guy named John McLean, who is basically the Schefter of the Texans. This is not me making it up. This is a real thing that's going around. Webb will poo-poo this because Adam Schefter didn't say it. But look him up. He's very connected. Do you think Deshaun Watson is traded to the text to, to the Miami Dolphins this week? Certainly hope so because I picked him up in uh, fantasy football. I think there's validity to it. There have been uh, reports saying that the rumors are false, but I think that where there's smoke, there's fire. So something is happening. I don't know if it happens this week, but I 
think there are going to be a lot of uh, talks going on to get this thing rolling. We're in a keeper league, so I'm fine with uh, Deshaun uh, being on on Miami next year. My team is garbage, so I might as well look towards next year. That's that's my uh, my whole theory and my rationale. That's assuming he's allowed to play next year, which is definitely iffy at best. Yeah. Okay. I, well, for me, I'm thinking that if he's going to be gonna not going to play this play, it's going to be this year. Um, I assume he's going to have a huge suspension coming, and I'm assuming it's going to be this year. Maybe it happens next year too, but I imagine the brunt of the punishment happens this year. I could be wrong. We don't know what developments will happen. Who knows? I'm just making assumptions. I really don't know. We'll see soon. We will see. Yeah. But Miami is definitely going to be bad this weekend because they're in turmoil. Tua knows they want him out of there. That's why Atlanta is going to win and cover this game because Tua is going to be an emotional mess. I just realized I didn't uh, give you my pick. Uh, I have Miami winning and covering because there's no reason that I should believe in this Atlanta team. Miami at least looked good last week against Jacksonville. Yeah, that didn't sound good. Everyone looks good Jacksonville against Jacksonville. Beat, Jacksonville beat them as well. I know. I know. But they were up. They were up for a while. And Tua looked good. That was probably one of the best games Tua has played. It's against Jacksonville. <laughs> I'm not a Tua fan. You know that. I, th- I think they made a huge mistake. But, um, yeah, I just don't – like. I, Oh, Calvin Ridley will be back for this game. So that's good for Atlanta. Still don't believe in them. Give me Miami to win and cover. I like when you give me easy win. That's nice of you. Washington at Green Bay. Green Bay at home are favored by eight and a half points. Aaron Rodgers is looking a little cocky recently. Taylor Henneke said, the Washington quarterback, that he's been trying too hard to be perfect, which is why he's been doing badly. How does that work, Webb? Explain that to me. How do you try to be good so you're bad? Does that make sense to you? That that makes no sense. So you're telling... You've been telling yourself, be perfect, and you're bad. So you're going to tell yourself, be okay, and you'll be better? It's real bad. It's real bad. And uh, because of that, Green Bay wins and covers the eight and a half. I just think that this Washington team, when Fitzpatrick went down, they were doomed. And the defense is playing badly. I thought they were going to be one of the top five defenses in football. And clearly they're not. So what can they do? They can't stop people. They're not good on offense. Green Bay wins pretty handily this game. I have Green Bay to win, Washington to cover. I just think that eight and a half is a huge margin. If it were, if it were six and a half, I'd take it. I think Washington, um, they'll have opportunities to come back in garbage time. Yeah, and 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 Aaron Rodgers has been feeling himself quite a bit, and deservedly so. He does own the Bears. So I loved him saying that so much, by the way, because it's just what everyone expects him to say. And he's like, I'm going to own this now and just be this cocky jerk. And Tom Brady said he owned the Bears as a stockholder and they changed his Wikipedia to owner of the Bears. Like, it's it's really fun now. I'm really enjoying this. Like he's 23 and five against him in his career. That's insane. Yeah. And I love how he just he just wouldn't stop. He didn't just say, I own you. Like he talked for like a good 30 seconds. He said, for my whole life, I've owned you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I still uh, own you. But he said he said there was a lady in the stands giving them the finger, which I imagine a lot of athletes encounter that. But eh. yeah, it's a division he, rival, whatever. He, he deserved it, <laughs> for being yeah. honest. Yeah. I, I still can't believe that you think he's not going to beat Washington by eight and a half points. Interestingly, you hate Aaron Rodgers now, too. I'll add, that, I'll add that to your list of Steve Kerr. And there's one more I made up last week. And I'll remember that Steph later. Curry. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. I sometimes forget the nonsense I say. 
Cincinnati at Baltimore. Baltimore favored by six points. This game was gave me some issues. I couldn't figure it out because Baltimore's looked really bad some weeks. And then excellent last week. The Colts should have beat them. Like, I can't predict what they're going to do each week. So I have Cincinnati to cover the six, but Baltimore wins by three because Tucker kicks a great field goal. That's what I think happens in this game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great game. I accurately predicted last week that Baltimore would beat your Chargers. Um, so I think I'm going to accurately predict that they beat the Bengals. But I agree with you that Cincinnati Cincinnati should cover this. Six is a lot. I don't know if Baltimore's offense is that good enough or their defense is that good enough to hold Cincinnati's offense that is rolling with uh, Jamar Chase and, and, and Joe Burrow. Um, so I think six is a little high or a little wide. So give me Baltimore to cover Cincy to – sorry, Baltimore to win, Cincy to cover. Jamar Chase is really taking you to school personally. He heard what you said about him being the worst pick in draft history. And I think he just hates your guts because every week he's scoring two touchdowns and doing the web dance just in your face constantly. And I appreciate it very much. Good for you, Jamar Chase. Good for you. I didn't say that Jamar Chase was a bad player. I just think that Cincinnati should have taken uh, Slater or Sewell. I still think so. I, th- I still think that would have been a better choice long term. Than Jamar Chase, but he looks good. I I just I don't think Cincinnati's going to make the playoffs, but the games are really fun and exciting because of the connection they have. Exact quote for you saying was worst je- draft pick of a generation. That's what you said, and then you said you'd spit in Jamar Chase's face if you saw him, which I thought was reckless. I did not say that. I said Andrew Luck was the worst pick of a generation. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. That one hurt. Let's move on. <laughs> that one hurt my soul. I'm not going to lie to you. That was too. close. That would hurt. Oh, wow. Well done, Webb. Well done. (laughs) The New York Jets at the New England Patriots. New England are favored by seven points at home. What do you have here, Webb? Because I think this game could go either way, really. I've been reading up, and people really believe in the Jets to cover and have been saying that the Jets are not the same team that uh, the Patriots blew out about a month ago. Um, I have New England to win and cover. I just think Belichick owns the Jets. I don't, th- I don't think Zach Wilson's going to go into Foxborough and and do much just to win and co- uh, sorry Patriots to win and cover. Everything you're saying is correct, and there's no reason the Jets should cover this seven except they're coming off the bye. So I'm thinking maybe they spent time. Zach Wilson got an extra week to prepare for this game. Rookies develop week to week a lot. Like Fields gets better every game. So I'm thinking that Wilson will have extra preparation. He'll get better. New England will still win. But the Jets will cover the seven. That's what I think will happen. Although, I did pick up Matt Judon in the fantasy football today. So, I do think Zach Wilson will get beat around quite a bit. But I still think they get it done. They're going to cover the seven. 24-19. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll see. Enjoy that. It's going to be terrible. Kansas City at Tennessee. Kansas City are favored by five and a half points on the road. I do not understand why they they are favored at all. They've been bad recently, and Tennessee is coming off a gigantic win. Who on Kansas City can stop Derrick Henry? Can anyone stop him at all? Not one person. Hoop, it's Tennessee win that you refer to. Which one are you, which one are you referring to? Because who did they beat? I think they beat Buffalo. Ah. Yeah. Did that happen? Tennessee beat Buffalo on Monday Night Football. Yes. Hmm. I wish I had chosen Tennessee to win last week. 
against the I Buffalo w- Bills. I wish you did too, because I picked Tennessee to win and you did not, obviously. <laughs> to all the listeners, Coop is so wrong. He got at me for choosing Tennessee. He said it didn't make sense. He said I was an idiot. I chose Tennessee to win and cover. Very good game, by the way. So to be fair to me, I say you're an idiot a lot. So it's not fair to say this time I was wrong. I'm like 85% correct about you being an idiot. Not when it comes to football. I mean, mostly football. (laughs) Uh, I'm still mad about that Andrew Luck joke. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Let that marinate. I think Tennessee definitely covers the five and a half. I have Kansas City to win, but I think there's like a 35% chance I change that Sunday morning where I have Tennessee winning this game. Because Kansas City just can't play defense. They can't stop anybody. If Derrick Henry controls the ball and Mahomes just doesn't get a chance to throw four touchdowns, they can't They can't do anything. You control the ball is how you beat Kansas City, and that's exactly what Tennessee is great at. I have Kansas City to win right now, but I think I might change that before Sunday. What do you have? I have the Chiefs to win, Tennessee to cover. Similar reasons to you. Tennessee controlled the clock last week, and they, they played some solid defense against Josh Allen in spots. Like he did, he it wasn't easy for him to throw it on every uh, snap. And Derrick Henry, Coop, I, I have to do it again, man. Sorry, I predicted Derrick Henry 150 yards, three touchdowns. He had 143 yards, three touchdowns. Come on, did Give you actually credit. say that? Did you say that? 100. percent If you did, and you're a known liar, so I'm not saying for sure you did. <laughs> that's very well done. That's a great prediction. If you did, that's an excellent prediction. I'm going to listen to it and tell you uh, the spot in the audio. But I've patted myself on the back enough. I've bragged enough. Um, I agree with you. I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee won this game. I just think this is so much Derrick Henry or bust. And the Chiefs have they have two weapons. They don't have them. I mean, Mahomes is a weapon too, so three. I think the Chiefs should be able to spread it around and outscore Tennessee, even with Derrick Henry controlling the clock. I think... I don't think Tennessee can stop Mahomes when he has the ball. That's the problem. That is very true. They can't stop him, but he can't stop them either. So I think this is a close game. I think the five and a half is crazy considering where Kansas City has been, but I'll take some free money. Okay. (laughs) Sunday at four o'clock. First game, Detroit at your Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by 15 points. Jared Goff is making his homecoming, his revenge game. Why? What happens in this game? It's a beatdown, but it's kind of like a sad beatdown. Because as much as I want Jared Goff out, we booted him out, and it just hasn't been good for him in Detroit. He hasn't won a game, kind of beating a dead dog at this point. I want to watch this game. Obviously, I'm a Rams fan, but I kind of don't want to see it. I think it's going to be really bad. I think Goff might cry. I think McVay is probably going to hug Goff at the end. It's out of pity. I think it's going to be bad. Rams win and cover. I think Detroit covers the 15, but the Rams definitely win. I just think 15, two t- over two touchdowns is a lot. This game could be 28 to 17. That's not a cover. 34-21, not a cover. Like, it's just a really big window. And I think Jared Goff will not be embarrassed completely coming home. They're going to feel sorry for him. Donald might not hit him as hard. I mean, Ramsey, did Ramsey say he was trash too when he left? I don't remember him saying that. I think he said something insulting Jared Goff when he left. Yeah. 
I don't think really, so. I don't know if I remember people bashing Goff directly, but I remember people definitely saying like, "Thank God we finally have a quarterback that can throw the ball." Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Yeah. But but, but Detroit's gonna win. Detroit's gonna cover. They're gonna cover this fifteen. All right. Let's not forget that this is a revenge game for Stafford too. Um, no, it's not. I think it is. You're playing your former team. But he, he he's been there. For, he was there what, 2009. Yeah, but when you win and you leave somewhere like you want out, it's not a revenge for you. He wasn't shipped out. He asked to be traded. Yeah. So he, they had like Jared Goff was kicked out of town. Matthew Stafford left the trash place and went to the best team. It's a very different situation. Matt Stafford is happy. Jared Goff is miserable. But he. But I think Stafford was also miserable in Detroit. And you don't want to lose to the team that you, you know, you, you, he approved this trade because I think they were going to send him to Carolina or something. And he said, no. Yeah. I think he wanted to go to LA. Yeah. He's friends with McVay, but uh, so I don't think you want to lose this game now that, that you requested it. Yeah. But 15 winning by two touchdowns isn't a loss. It's just not, <laughs> it's not embarrassing. Though. But so maybe it's not a revenge game, but I think there is motivation for Stafford to, Try and look really good. You're a bad person. Okay. Philadelphia at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are favored by three points. Uh, how aren't the Raiders, Raiders favored by more? They're much better than Philadelphia. They're actually a good team. They easily win and cover this game. I don't think it's close. I think it's close, and I wouldn't be surprised if Philly wins. Honestly. I'm, I'm going with Vegas to win, Philly to cover. I might change it to Philly to win just because... I think Vegas has been inconsistent. Like they were good for three games and they're bad for two games. And then there was a Gruden stuff and they were kind of motivated last week to win, but they're all over the place. I think Philly's Philly's defense isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. They beat Carolina. They almost beat San Fran. I don't trust Jalen Hurts to throw the football at all, but I could see Philly winning this. So be a man and take Philly. Be a man, Webb. Be a man and take Philly right now. No, I'm taking them to cover. I think this can be a close game. You're Down scared. You're scared to take Philly. Wow. Wow. Not surprised at all. Derek Carr has three touchdowns. Henry Ruggs scores a 60-yarder. Blowout. Raiders. I hope so. Has Derek Carr had three touchdowns this whole year? It doesn't matter, okay? He's going to have a nice game. <laughs> <laughs> no, he might have. I just, I just, I just don't know. I, usually Derek Carr has like 350 yards and two touchdowns. Or 400 yards of one touchdown. I, was, <laughs> I think oh, we're all, all forgetting how bad a coach John Gruden was. Like, he wasn't good at his job. He should have been fired before this happened because he's bad at his job. Like, yeah. oh, God, he's terrible. So, so I'm looking now. Derek Carr has not had more than two touchdowns in a game this season. I, I'm well aware of this. I have him in fantasy football. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Um, and he has he puts up points, though. But he can always put up more. Please, God, yes. So I think it's going to be a fun game, but I think the Raiders win like 31-21. Really? I think it's, I think it's a I big think, win. I think this game is close. I think it's... I wouldn't be surprised if it was 31-30. to 30. I think it's going to be a, a good game. I think the Raiders players want to embarrass John Gruden by winning these games now. By saying, like, you're an idiot. Look how good we're going to do. But that's kind of like the... The Taylor Heineke logic. Because why weren't they doing this when they were under him? They were just like, let's lose. He's just bad at his job. He called a bad game. He's bad at his job. He wouldn't do good things. 
you, you drafted Henry Ruggs in the first round at the first 10, 10 or 11 overall, and you throw him one pass a game. Something's wrong in your brain when you do this. It's not smart. <laughs> Let's get all the running backs for some reason. This is not smart. Yeah. Let's How- hire a television general manager. Yeah, like, this isn't a good idea. This isn't a smart man. Well, it was uh, it was Mark Davis who gave him a ten year contract, wasn't it? Didn't his father just pass away? I think it was like one of those things where he did it because mm. of his dad, and yeah, then he immediately regretted it, and then asked the NFL, "Hey, leak some emails so I can get rid of this clown." <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what him, happens. Because I gave him ten years impulsively. Yeah, I don't want to give him sixty million dollars. So let's get him out of here. He's like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> sixty million on top of the forty million. Hundred percent. Get him out of here. He's this guy's a wild boy. He's saying some stuff in the locker room. Yeah. He's definitely wrote some emails. And they're like, let's get him out of here. Yeah. I, I've come to think that eighty-five percent Mark Davis is behind this. That he was like okay with these leaks because the NFL would have asked him. He's mm-hmm. he's Goodall's boss. He he said leak this stuff. Yeah. Then the first leak wasn't enough, so he leaked some more stuff till it was enough. And then he got him out of here. Maybe. Allegedly, obviously, for legal reasons, but. Mark Davis is uh, an evil genius. (laughs) Houston at Arizona. Arizona are favored by 17 and a half points. Is that the biggest line we've seen in a couple years? Wasn't there something similar with Tampa or or another team recently? I think last year there was one that was like 17. I thought it was New England for some reason. Like like two years ago or last season. But I can't remember one draw being this big recently. yeah, maybe it wasn't quite as big as 17 and a half, but I swear Tampa like recently had a had a game where they were favored heavily. I don't know. I'm not watching this game at all. Uh, Tampa was favored by 12 and a half against Atlanta, and so was Cleveland, Cleveland that week. Buffalo and Houston, Buffalo was favored by 16 and a half. Okay, so that must have been it. Yeah, that's the one. Okay, so this okay. is still bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have here? So I think 17 and a half is huge. So Arizona to win, Houston to cover. I just think even when Ari- even when Cleveland beat uh blew out, sorry, even when Arizona blew out Cleveland last week, uh, what was that? 30, 31-17? 37-14. Sorry about that. Wow, twenty three points. <laughs> Silence from me. Uh, that's that's not that's not often though. It's not common, man. Give me, give me Houston to cover. I have Houston to cover as well. I, 17 and a half is a lot. Houston will be up for this game. I think Kyler Murray's excellent, but he could have a bad week. It's possible. 17 and a half is a big number. Like, they, yeah, I just think that's too much. I mean, Houston, Arizona could definitely win this game 30 to three, and we'd yep. look stupid. I think the Colts beat Houston two weeks ago 30 to, 30 to three. So it's possible that could happen. I just think Houston's a little better than that. I think they're they're going to be trying hard. Deshaun's going to get out of the building hopefully soon. I think they're going to be they're going to be happy. So they're going to they're going to cover the seventeen and a half. But Arizona wins. Yeah, I'm not confident. This is probably the least confident that I've been this week. But and you should always be not confident. I've seen your picks. Tampa, <laughs> Chicago at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay are favored by twelve and a half points. What do you have here? I wanted to say Tampa. To win and cover, I have Tampa winning, uh, Chicago covering because I think Chicago's a better defense than Vegas would give them credit for. And according to me, Chicago has not allowed a team to score more than twenty points. <laughs> I tried to protect you for two weeks, and you couldn't wait to throw me out of the bus today about picking Buffalo. 
why you're a bad person. I'll still poke fun of myself. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people are writing this game off. 12 and a half is a lot, man. And I think in games when Tampa was really supposed to blow teams out, they didn't always do it. Sometimes they did it, but they didn't always do it. So, you know, they played the Eagles last Thursday. They were winning, and then Philly was coming back. Like It's only Miami they really blew out. Not even They didn't even blow up uh, the Patriots. This is the game I thought about an upset more than any other this week. I have Chicago wow. to cover the 12 and a half. I think Justin Fields is an ultimate competitor. And going against the alleged cheating goat, Tom Brady, he may like feel type of way to like, I need to prove this this week to prove that I'm the next guy up. I think Tampa gets it done because Tom Brady's going to cheat, obviously, but I think this game is going to be much closer than we think. I think it's going to be like a 30-27 kind of game. I think it's going to be really close. Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's really close. And yeah, 12 and a half is too high. Too rich for my blood, man, for this one. Me too. Okay, the Sunday night game is Indianapolis at San Francisco. San Fran are favored by four points at home. Uh, the Colts lost their star safety, Julian Blackman, to a torn Achilles today. It's not great because he was like our second best defender. But I still have the Colts to win and cover. San Fran has not really impressed me much. I think Carson Wentz is playing better. He has gone the longest of any quarterback in the NFL not throwing an interception this season. The last like 144 passes. Jonathan Taylor is playing out of his mind right now. He might be the best running back not named Derrick Henry. Like him and Nick Chubb, I think is a race now at this point. That's how good Jonathan Taylor is. I just think that their Colts team is playing better than San Francisco is as a whole right now. So I'm going to take the Colts to win and cover on the road. I have the Colts to win and cover because I think you hit on everything. Uh, they're a much better team than San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo is back under center. So automatically I'm against it. And uh, and Jonathan Taylor is going to run all over the 49ers. Like people were talking about, well, last year the 49ers could run the ball uh, by committee and, and, and they were like the best running football team other than Cleveland, I think. Uh, no, sorry, that might have been Baltimore as well. Whatever. San Francisco is probably in like the top five with no real bell cow uh, running back. I think India, Indianapolis now with Jonathan Taylor, they're going to be similar. And Jimmy G sucks. So, And it's a DeForest Buckner homecoming game as well. San Fran did not want to pay him, traded him to the Colts for a first-round pick. He might want some revenge there. It's been reported that Marlon Mack is getting trade requests, trade offers now. The Chiefs have inquired, the Panthers have inquired about him, which means Frank Reich is stupid and will give Marlon Mack like seven carries that he should not receive instead of Jonathan Taylor. That is my one concern about this game, where Frank Reich gets too cute by half and just does something real stupid, which he is known to do from time to time. But I still think Indy wins and covers this game. But I'm sure by game time, I will have San Fran winning and covering because I am a Colts coward. You didn't, you didn't want to believe in Carson Wentz. Your team is... Still, still don't. You picked him up in fantasy football. You believe in him a little bit. It's Josh Allen's bye week, okay? It was not by choice. He's getting dropped on Monday. I hate him. I hate him so much. He's bad. I don't care. The Monday night game, Webb, is New Orleans at Seattle. New Orleans are favored by five points on the road. Is Jameis Winston still the quarterback in New Orleans? Yes. Yeah, he still is, right? Yep. Give me Seattle to win and cover. I, I just okay. think Geno Smith is is better than Jameis Winston sometimes. Like, not all the time, but sometimes. Seattle needs a victory badly. Coming off some tough losses. If they lose this game, their season's over, I think. 
So I think they're going to win and cover. They're going to get it done for Russell Wilson's return. I thought their season was over as soon as Russ uh, wasn't suiting up. Um, so I saw Ian Rappaport uh, send out a tweet that Teron Armstead, Eric McCoy, Marcus Davenport, and Quan Alexander uh, returned to practice for the Saints. Um, so I have a lot of confidence in this defense and the O-line. I mean, New Orleans to win and cover. Okay. Interesting choice. One of us is going to look bad next week as well. Probably going to be me. Yeah, your luck with Monday night games, man. I don't know. you think you would listen to me. No, nah, I'm good. I'm going to pass again. <laughs> gonna right, keep, ignore, keep ignoring you and continuously be wrong, apparently. You have, let's get to some basketball. I am excited for this. Let's talk a little Ben Simmons before we get to the divisions. Because Philadelphia is, I think, third up in this division. We're going to do the Atlantic and the Southwest today. Ben Simmons uh, showed up to the building today and then did not practice, left practice immediately, said he has back tightness and is not prepared to play mentally. So he's saying he's having mental issues, mental health issues. And Daryl Morey came out and said, uh, buckle yourself in. This could go on for four years. (laughs) Daryl Morey is a wild boy. (laughs) That's crazy. Hey, we're not moving him. This could go on for four years. Uh, Philadelphia apparently is furious from anonymous sources that Ben Simmons is playing the mental health card and the team is going to fine him considerably for doing this. Do you think this is good for Philadelphia or bad for Philadelphia, Webb? This is crazy that this happens. Like, I don't understand how, like, a player just says, a player wants out, they want out. That's fine. But they sign a contract and then they just start sabotaging um, the team and and just putting on a bad attitude, being completely unprofessional. I think, I mean, Philadelphia is good enough that they can still win, win without this clown uh, playing. So I think it's bad for Philadelphia in terms of trying to get the most out of a trade for Ben Simmons right now. It's at the lowest it'll ever it's ever been. But I just don't understand. Like, this is ridiculous. This is just a blueprint for getting your way out of town. And I think it's a really bad precedent. He, ben Simmons didn't create this, but like he's just exploiting the system. I said a few months ago that I think Ben Simmons is doing this to the wrong team because Daryl Morey, I don't think he cares about public perception. He went against the whole country of China. He's not scared of Ben Simmons. He's not scared of clutch. I just think that he he's not going to bend to Ben Simmons' will. And I think they're going to say, hey, Ben Simmons, you don't want to play? Fine. We're not going to pay you. You can sit in the bench. You can sit at home. That's fine. Because no team is trading for him now. If you're faking a back injury, doing this to get out of town, why would any other team say, oh, this is a good idea. We should get him in the building. It's stupid. I think Clutch, like everyone thinks Clutch is some mastermind organization. They tried to get Ben Simmons out of town. They failed miserably. They cost him like a million dollars in fines. And this is their next plan. I think it's going to fail. I think Ben, I think Philadelphia is happy to wait this out with Ben Simmons. I think they're happy to do it. They're not going to bend to his will. And Ben Simmons is a bad person now, and I don't respect him anymore. I agree with most of what you said. I think he definitely looks like a terrible person. What he's doing is horrible. You can see it's clear that the organization is disgusted with him and what he's doing. Um, I don't think Philly's going to wait it out. I think they're going to deal him. I think you're right about Maury not being like a typical GM who's going to concede, but I think they're going to deal him because it's just bad locker room, um, you know, a bad atmosphere. I don't think they're going to necessarily trade him because he wants out, but just because it's just going to become infectious. Like 
I think the Philly players would be much happier without this guy there. And I don't know really what's going to increase his trade value at this point. Like, even if he plays for a couple weeks, you know what Ben Simmons is. He's not going to come out, like, hitting threes now. And it's 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 really bad. And I think, honestly, man, like, I don't know how the league can prevent this going forward. I think <laughs> he has the most powerful agent in the NBA. And I'm not saying that because he's any he's a mastermind, but because he gets what he wants. Like, if you're one of his big clients and you want out, you're getting out. So I remember talking about something with you where I said the NFL owners and general managers would conclude to screw over players. That they weren't above this, to doing something kind of unethical, to kind of stop player advancement. I think the owners and general managers might see this as a time to put their foot down and not trade for him to show players, hey, you want to play these games? Enjoy losing $130 million. Show up to work. We're not going to, Minnesota is not going to do you the favor of getting you out of this problem you've created for yourself by not wanting to play. Brooklyn's not going to save you. All these teams are not going to save you. You made your bed. You signed the contract. Now lay in it or don't get any money. We're not doing this anymore. I mean, it just makes good business sense for teams to not trade for him. Why do you want this headache? Why do you want to give this guy $35 million? When if, he, if he's not good there, he's going to fake back tightness and other problems next year. And it sets a precedent that, hey, like if you were a player that wanted out next season and Ben Simmons lost $35 million, wouldn't you think twice about maybe not doing this anymore? I think I would. Yeah, I think what you're saying makes sense. I. I mean, in terms of what they should do, I don't know if they will do it because I think there's always one team that's just like, there's always someone that thinks they're different or thinks that it's going to be different with them. I wouldn't want to trade for Ben Simmons because he might do this to me a year from now or, or two years from now. Why wouldn't he? He knows it works, you know, if if they do trade him. And like, it's 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 ridiculous, man. Like, Yeah, I hate this player stuff where they, they sign a contract and one out, I, it infuriates me. Don't sign the contract if you want out so badly. You signed it, you play there, and I get teams can trade you. It's kind of baked in the cake. You can ask for a trade and they can choose not to trade you. You still have to come to work. I have no problem with asking out. I have the problem with him not coming to work. That's where I that's where I draw the line. You can ask, but you have to come play still. You can't fake this back tightness stuff. Yeah. And it's not like when they trade you, you lose money or or some of you the get money tra- that trade kickers. You get more money if you get traded a lot of times for big players. Yeah. yeah. So I yeah, it's just it's 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 bad. It, it, it looks really bad. And Ben Simmons isn't even the biggest star. He's not even that big of a star. So if someone else were to do it, it just it's a bad, uh, just a bad precedent. I think it's it's disgusting what he's doing. And you know, you you would hope that this tarnishes his reputation, at least temporarily. But I still think there's a team that's willing to trade for him. It's just I guess it depends on what Philly is willing to accept. There will be teams that might want to trade for him for nothing. We'll give you a number one pick next season. But they're not getting good offers anymore. And every day the price goes down. So if I were were Darren Moore, I'd be like, you know what? Let's just not pay him. That's fine. He can set out. out. That's fine. We'll save some money this year. I'd rather do that than get nothing. And and this is going to set... This is going to be a huge... A huge moment for Clutch because... If they can't get Ben Simmons out, like, and Ben Simmons ends up signing, well, 
he's already in the league. He's already getting his money. It's guaranteed. But it's a huge moment for Clutch. Like, we're going to see what happens. Well, he's not going to get his money. I think they're going to keep finding him. Like, you can't, you can't fake the injury like you did. Like, it's so yeah. obvious he's not hurt. It's ridiculous. He practiced for five minutes. Oh, it's yeah. He's, he's definitely lying. Definitely lying. Yeah, I just have no respect for him. Yeah. Ask, like you... ask for the trade and show up to work. Hey, yeah. if you play well, they'll trade you. It's so much. If you play well, they'll trade you. I don't understand. Like, And if they don't trade you, well, you're not entitled to a trade because you asked for one. Like, I I just don't understand. Like, I, I don't get it. He never uh, took accountability for anything in this this whole debacle. Like, not once did he come out and say, I, I should have played better. Not, not once did he say, like, you know, this is partially my fault. If I were Philly, I don't think the CBA would allow this. But I would say, hey, you know what we'll do? We'll tear your contract up right now. You can go anywhere and sign your contract. Because I don't think he's getting anywhere near this money anymore. No, but he wouldn't want to do that because he wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants all the money guaranteed to him and then to dictate where he gets to go. Yeah. He wouldn't even want to do that. Oh, I agree. He wouldn't do it. But show me how serious you are about getting out of Philly. If you want out so badly that you're willing to fake an injury, take less money. You have the choice. Yeah, but who's like who's guiding him in this? Because I have to think that somebody's telling him like you should stop doing this. I don't think anyone's like who's telling him that this is smart. I think I think Clutch told him to go back to work. Right. And then when when Doc suspended him for that game for not doing for being like terrible, he's like, no, now I'm back in it again. She saw that as Philly being punitive instead of him being just not responsive to work. He didn't do what he's supposed to do, so they suspended him. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no accountability. Yeah. This guy is, he has terrible traits of a leader. He played badly in the, the playoffs. I didn't hear him come out and say, he, he didn't own it. He didn't say, like, I'm going to be in the gym. I'm going to do this and that. Like, you heard reports that he's going to be in the gym or whatever. But, like, it's just been this thing where he's against Philly. And I'm just like, why? Or right? if you are, then just ask for the trade. But don't do all of these ad- antics. Like, you look like an idiot. Yeah, he looks stupid, and I think he's realizing every day his value is getting lesser and lesser. No one wants to trade for him anymore. Otherwise, they would have traded him already. Yeah, and you you didn't drop 60 points in the last game or hit a game winner, and then now you're just – you played horribly. Got some nerve, man. They really do. He really does. And I, I was a huge Ben Simmons fan. I am totally off that train, 100%. He's done. I, I still think he's a good player. I was never really a fan of his, but he – I think he's. I still still think he's a lot of talent and potential. But can you imagine, like you you burn the, the the building down and then you're pissed off at your your coworkers? Yeah, basically, <laughs> this is what he did. It makes no it's, sense. Yeah, Embiid is totally done with him. Embiid came out and said, "We're not here to babysit anybody." Yeah, he's like, "I haven't talked to that man since he came back for like four yeah. days." Like, I don't care about that man. Embiid is done with him, and I think when Embiid is done with you. Because Embiid seems to me like the nicest person in the world. Yeah. Like the nicest. I think it's because of where he comes from, how he came. He knew real struggle. So seeing Ben Simmons crying about getting $150 million guaranteed, it's blowing Embiid's mind. He's like, we're asking you to play basketball that you're contractually obligated to do. And you're crying. This is insane to me. He can't grasp it. And he's done with them. And good for Embiid. Coming off the worst game of his career. The worst five games of his career. (laughs) Yeah. Coming off a terrible series. This guy wasn't putting up record numbers and then they lost and he was just done with Philly. He was horrible. 
really bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of ballsy that he's willing to play bad and then blame them. Like, hey, it's your fault. No, it's not. <laughs> Philly was happy to give you that contract when you played well. They gave you the contract. They would have continued honoring that contract if you didn't ask for a trade request. You did this to yourself. And there's yeah. no sympathy for what there's no sympathy for Ben Simmons anywhere right now. And and again, I'm not off the Ben Simmons train as a player. I still think he's a really good player and can be very valuable. But his personality, his him as a person, his character would not want that anywhere near me. I agree. Okay, let's do the Atlantic Division now. Last season, Philadelphia won it at 49 and 23. Brooklyn was second at 48 24. The Knicks were third at 41 and 31. Boston was fourth at 36 and 36. Toronto was fifth at 27 and 45. Philly was the one seed. Brooklyn was the two seed. The Knicks were the four seed. And Boston was in the play-in game as the seven seed. Brad Stevens, their coach last season, has become the president of basketball operations, the general manager, something in that role. And they have a new head coach, Emi Adoka, uh, who has one of the best-looking wives in the history of the world. I think that's the best part about having, having this job, that Nia Long is at these games. This is just a win-win for everybody. Am I wrong? Uh, you're not wrong about Nia Long, but like, yeah, that obviously that doesn't factor into him getting the job. He deserved the job. He, there's merit to him having the job. No, in fact, Nia Long is the only thing that matters to me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's 100% the only thing I care about in this situation at all. <laughs> I get to see Nia Long more? I'm in. Sign me up for that all day. Win-win. <laughs> I, if he goes 0-82, I'll be like, Jay-Z, this, this is just gravy. It's just gravy right here. I don't care. <laughs> You're watching those games. When I saw that Nia Long was there, I stopped changing the channel. I was like, I get to see Nia Long here? Okay. Her son was beside her, kind of ruined it for me a little bit. But I was still in. Still in. All right. <laughs> all right. Don't judge me. In the draft for the second pick in round 15, they took Juhan Bergerin, a shooting guard from Guadalupe, who is a stash. He will not be over this season. So nothing much they did there. In free agency, they signed Dennis Schroeder one year, $5.9 million from the Lakers after he allegedly turned down a four-year, $80 million deal. Then they signed Enos Cantor. They re-signed him for one year, $2.6 million. Webb and I love Enos Cantor. We've been on this train for a long time. I think Dennis Schroeder is a perfectly acceptable point guard, and I'm, I'm a fan of this move. What do you think of these signings? Yeah, I thought they were solid signings. Horford signing I thought was really good, bringing him back. Um, Schroeder, the discount they got him for. Uh, Cantor, if they ever choose to play him on Boston. Um, Josh Richardson, solid, solid signings. Uh, we should say Enos Cantor made a statement uh, today, a political statement. And the Celtics have now been banned from games in China. Yes. So kind of an interesting thing going on in that situation there. Yeah. We'll see how long Enos Cantor is on the Boston Celtics. That I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. They might do that. Yeah. Yeah. And they lost Evan Fournier to the Knicks four years, $73 million. Well, this roster, it's pretty interesting. Their starters are Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. Al Horford and Robert Williams III. Their key backups are Schroeder, Josh Richardson, uh, sorry, Peyton, Peyton Pritchard, Enos Cantor, and Aaron Nesmith, and Juancho Herman Gomez. Do you like this team? What are their strengths? As a Laker fan, I definitely do not like the Boston Celtics or anything to do with Boston. But 
I do like this roster, you know, from a basketball perspective, I do. Uh, the strengths, I would say uh, defense, perimeter, and inside, interior, uh, rim running, uh, rebounding, good half-court offense. Um, and, and they have a good young core, like a good core of young guys as well. Like it's not a – Al Horford's the old man on this. I think it's a well-put-together team, and I, I think it's a, a big improvement over uh, last season. I think you are correct. I think they will be better, but I'm not sure how much better because I think Brad Stevens was a decent coach and I'm not sure this new coach will be an improvement. I'm not saying he'll be worse, but I'm not sure it's an improvement yet. We haven't seen enough from him yet. So it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. What do you think is this team's weakness? I think it's Marcus Smart. And I'm not that big a fan of Al Horford. (laughs) I just think Smart has gotten continuously worse year after year. People thought like four years ago, he was great at one of the best defenders in basketball. Then every year he kind of, he gets a little injured and a little worse. And I would not be surprised to see Schroeder get a lot of his minutes in the coming days and weeks. Uh, I think uh, outside shooting for me, I don't think this is a good three pointing three point shooting team. Um, The point guard position or the guard position in general, I'm not too uh, pleased with. And I think overall health of this team, I think this team, like you said, with, Marcus Smart, going to get hurt a lot. Uh, I think Tatum gets banged up. Jalen Brown just coming off the COVID quarantine. Uh, Robert Williams can't stay healthy. I think this team will get banged up. And they added Horford, who I like the signing, but this guy obviously can't stay healthy either. Their over-under is 46.5 wins. Last season, they went 36-36, and but they had a lot of COVID missed time. I'm going to take the slight over here. It's not by a lot, but it's a really slight over. I think they get like 47 or 48 wins. I think this is probably one of the six best teams in the East. I think they're the slight over. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. Uh, take the slight over as well. The team got decimated by COVID. Um, yeah. Okay, Brooklyn is up next. Last Last season, they went 48 and 24. Their coach is Steve Nash in his second season as a head coach. In the draft, round one pick 27, they took Cam Thomas, a shooting guard from LSU. Round one pick 29, they took De'Ron Sharp, a center from North Carolina. Round two pick 14, they took Kessler Edwards, a small forward from Pepperdine. Round two pick 19, they took Marcus Zagorowski, a point guard from Creighton. And round two pick 29, they took Raekwon Gray, a power forward from Florida State. Uh, I, I I liked Cam Thomas a little bit at LSU. I know Webb was a pretty big fan of his. But I'm not sure how much these guys will play this season. Brooklyn got a lot of veteran minimum guys to come in to play with Durant and Harden. And they've got Kyrie. I just don't think that these rookies will play. I think some of them will be in the G League. I just I find it very hard to believe that... Kessler Edwards will get minutes in this Brooklyn offense. But I do think Cam Thomas will get some play as the season goes on, but we will see where that goes. Uh, In free agency, they had some big signings. They signed Patty Mills, two years, 12 million from San Antonio. They signed Bruce Brown. They re-signed him one year, 4.7 million. They signed Paul Millsap, one year, $2.6 million from Denver. They re-signed LaMarcus Aldridge, one year, $2.6 million. They signed Blake, re-signed Blake Griffin, one year, $2.6 million. And they signed James Johnson, one year, $2.6 million from New Orleans. Webb, which one of these signings from Brooklyn did you like the best? Because me personally, I was pretty fond of Patty Mills. What do you think here? Yeah, like I thought um, I thought the Patty Mills signing was good. 
Very good. Um, I like DeAndre Brambury quite a bit. Scrappy guy. He's not going to be big in the rotation, but I like that as well. And, you know, they got some gritty guys, man, like Bram- Brambury, James Johnson, Paul Millsap, your favorite player of last year. If I told you he retired last season, would you be like, no, he definitely played? Would you know for sure he played last season? Only because I was looking at picking up in fantasy basketball. If not for that, probably not. 100% no. 100% no. They had some losses, some guys I liked. Spencer did when he went to Washington for three years, $54 million. And your favorite player, Jeff Green, went to Denver for two years, $9 million. I think they're going to miss Dinwiddie, especially with Kyrie not playing this season. But I think Patty Mills is not a bad backup to have. Yeah, and um, I like the Cam Thomas player. I didn't like the pick that much because I think he's going to be buried in the in the depth chart. My thoughts exactly. Okay, Webb, let's get to this team's roster and their strengths and weaknesses. So they should have Kyrie Irving. They do not because of vaccine mandates. So they're actual starters. At point guard, James Harden. Shooting guard, Joe Harris. Small forward, Kevin Durant. Power forward, Blake Griffin. Center, Nick Claxton. Their key backups are Patty Mills, Bruce Brown, Marcus Aldridge, James Johnson. And they have Cam Thomas and DeAndre Bremery there. What is this team's strengths? Uh, scoring and shooting. Passing. I think they're one of the best offenses in the league. They were second in points per game last year. First in field goal percentage. They have James Harden and Kevin Durant, and that's not even the three-headed monster. Yeah, I said they have two of the best six players in the league. I really think that is the, the Kevin Durant, if he's not one, he's number two. And I still think James Harden is amazing. So this team is so good. <laughs> I love watching Kevin Durant play basketball, man. I really I really love watching him play. He's not had the greatest career as, as Dirk, but he's been really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> uh they have some weaknesses though they are not a perfect team i i think kevin durant's a really good defender and nick claxton looks like he might be an okay defender in time but i think defensively this is not a great team james harden has been become a better defender somehow as he's gotten older but joe harris can't defend anybody Blake griffin he actually puts effort on, on defense now but I still don't believe it. Bruce Brown is actually a very good defender, but Patty Mills does not play defense. I just, I am not sure that this team will be able to defend at the level it needs to be, to be a title contender. Yeah, defense, especially on the perimeter, not very good. Um, I think they're undersized, and I think teams are going to be able to out-rebound them quite a bit. Uh, they gave up a lot of uh, second-chance points last year. And, and health as well, I think, is crucial. Um, they were bounced out of the second round because they couldn't stay healthy. So you have injury-prone players like KD, who's my favorite player, gets hurt a lot. James Harden has been getting banged up over the last little bit. Uh, Blake Griffin, we already know about him. Marcus Aldridge retired a few months ago, um, not because of an injury, but because of condition. And uh, yeah, he, he's back, obviously, but can't trust his health either. I totally forgot he retired. That, like, I le- left my brain. I totally forgot he did that. That's crazy. <laughs> this team's over under is 55 and a half wins. What do you have here, Webb? I'm going to give them the under just for the reasons I mentioned. Health, pacing themselves. There's no reason for this team to try and, uh, you know, go to 100. So I'd say under. I'm taking the over, but just barely. I think they have too much talent. 
if Kevin Durant play, stays healthy and James Harden stays healthy, this team is going to win 56 games. It's a huge if, but I think this team has too much talent to not win 56 games, but we'll see. Okay, the New York Knicks are up next. Their coach is still Tom Thibodeau. He won coach of the year last year. Great, great coach. Plays the players a little too hard. In the draft, at 25, they took Quentin Grimes, a guard from Houston. 34, they took Rokas Jakubetis, a guard from FC Barcelona. Pick 36, they took Miles McBride, a guard from West Virginia. And pick 58, they took Jericho Sims, a center from Texas. Uh, a lot of these guys are not going to play this season very much, Webb. I don't think they're going to add much to this Knicks roster at all this season. The Knicks roster, I think they have a deep rotation, but uh, they're not going to add too much, unless there are some injuries. But I like the picks. Okay. In free agency, they made some moves. They signed Evan Fournier from Boston for four years, $73 million. And after last night's game, that looks to be a deal and a half. They re-signed Derrick Rose for three years, $43 million. They re-signed Alec Burks, three years, $30 million. They re-signed Nerlens Noel for three years, $27 million, who then sued his old agent for $80 million. They signed Kemba Walker for two years, $17 million from Oklahoma City after they cut him. And they re-signed Taj Gibson for two years, $10 million. Webb, I know you love these signings, don't you? No, I don't care for any of these signings, despite what Evan Fournier did yesterday. Kemba's over the hill at this point. Don't care for them at all. Not that, they, not that they're bad signings. I just don't... I don't know, man. Like... Eh. Bill Simmons had a great tweet last night. He said, Evan Fournier killing the Celtics two seasons in a row, <laughs> which I appreciated very much. <laughs> He's funny every now and again. He's a scumbag. Derrick Rose is not like, I love Derrick Rose. And I think this is $40 million too much for him. It's going to be bad. It's I'm rooting for him though. I hope he stays healthy. They lost Reggie Bullock to Dallas for three years, 30 million. They lost Frankie Smokes two years, 3.8 million to Dallas. And they lost Alfred Payton one year, $2.2 million to Phoenix. I think none of these losses matter at all, really. Do you disagree with that? Well, Reggie Bullock was the best defender last year. Um, when he played, that was. But no, they'll be all right. Yeah, I think that this team just, I don't think they're going to miss him very much. They, they kind of have guys like him to replace him. I just, I'm not sure that he's going to matter too much. Their depth chart. Kemba is their starting point guard for some reason. Evan Fournay is their starting shooting guard. R.J. Barrett's just starting small forward. Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson take up the front court. Their key backups are Derrick Rose, Alec Burks, Obi Toppin, Nerlens Noel, Emmanuel Quickly, and for some reason, Kevin Knox is still on this team. Webb, what are his team strengths? Uh, they're backward. I think they have a, a, a deep team, so I think their bench is really good. Um, they're a good rebounding team, and they are sneakily one of the better defensive teams in the league. Uh, last year, they were like one of the top te- They're sort of a t- top team statistically, even though the Lakers were really the number one defensive team. But in terms of holding opponents to, you know, the least uh, points per game and 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 the fewest, um, sorry, the, sorry the, the lowest field goal percentage and the fewest points per game, like the Knicks were number one. Yeah, Tibbs' teams always play hard and they always play good defense, so you can't play on his team. So I have their strength as interior defense with Noel and Robinson for sure. But that comes with their weakness, which is health. Noel can't stay healthy. Mitchell Robinson's always hurt. RJ Barrett hasn't been a bastion of health. Kemba's always hurt after the knee injury. Derrick Rose, we don't need to say more there. I just think that this team has to rely on a lot of guys staying healthy 
when they're playing really hard minutes for Tibbs. Yeah, I think that's definitely valid. I have weaknesses also as health. Uh, the front court to me, even though Julius Randle has has played at a, an All Star level, an MVP caliber level, um, other than him, I, I don't really like the front court. I like Obi Toppin, but uh, you know Mitchell Robinson, Noel, the can't stay healthy. Uh, and I, I, to me, outside shooting, you know, before they got Evan Fournier, uh, this team wasn't a great uh, uh, three point shooting team by volume. Um, they were third percentage-wise, but I don't think they hit very many threes. Um, so I don't know who could really hit threes consistently on this team except for Fournier. Yeah, Kemba's not even a great three-point shooter. So, yeah. This team's over-under is 41.5 wins, though. Last season, they went 41-31. and 31. They have more games this year. I'm going to take the slight over because I think Tibbs' teams play really hard in the regular season and then are gassed by playoffs. So I have the over here. I think they, they can probably get to 43, 44 wins pretty pretty healthily. Sorry, the over-under you were saying was 42 and a half? 41 and a half. 41 and a half? Hmm. Slight under. You hate Coach Tibbs too. That's interesting. Steve Kerr, Coach Tibbs on your list. Okay, that's interesting. Good to know. Wasn't this team 31 and 41 last year? They were 41 and 31 last year. Oh, 41 and 31. Jesus. I don't know why I thought they were... I, yeah, they weren't a playing team. They were like a four seed. They were the four seed. Yeah, lost to Atlanta right. immediately. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, my brain's not working. Okay, so then no worse. Yeah, okay, slide over, slight. Copycat web. Okay, <laughs> Philadelphia's up next. Their coach is Doc Rivers, one of the best coaches in basketball. In the draft, they had pick twenty-eight, round one, pick twenty-eight, Jaden Springer, point guard in Tennessee. Round two, pick twenty, Filip Petrusi, a power forward from Serbia, and round two, pick twenty-three. Charles Bassey, a center from Western Kentucky. I like Jaden Springer a little bit, Webb. I know you were a big fan of his in the draft. Do you think he'll play it all this season? Um, we'll see. I'm sh- with this whole Ben Simmons thing. Who knows? Yeah, that's fair. That is very fair. In free agency, they re-signed Danny Green two years, twenty million. They signed Andre Drummond from the Lakers for one year, two point four million, and they signed Georges Nyang two years, six point seven million dollars from Houston. I like Danny Green a little bit. Andre Drummond, I think, is dis- going to disappoint. I just, I don't know if he's in shape at all this season or if he even cares to be in shape because he didn't get any deal, any money. 17 boards yesterday, Coop. Only six points. But um, yeah, I did not care for the Philly offseason at all. Biggest story was obviously Ben Simmons and what was going to happen with him. Yeah. They lost George Hill two years, $8 million to Milwaukee. And they lost Dwight Howard one year, $2.6 million to the Lakers. I'd rather have Dwight Howard than, than Drummond still, me personally. 100%. Because this team starters now. Are Tyrese Maxey at point guard, Seth Curry at shooting guard, small forwards Danny Green, power forwards Tobias Harris, center is Joel Embiid. Their key backups are Shake Milton, uh, Korkmaz, Matisse Thybul, Drummond, Niang, Ben Simmons maybe, and Jaden Springer. So, Webb, what are this team's strengths? I think number one is defense. Um, also, Embiid scoring around the basket. Um, Rebounding. Yeah, I have it as being Embiid. He is a top five player in the league. And if Simmons plays, they're a great defensive team. If he doesn't, then they're still a pretty good defensive team. Because Matisse Tybel is maybe the second best on-ball defender that isn't named Ben Simmons in basketball. So they have great defenders still. But I don't love the shooting on this team. Seth Curry is kind of hit and miss. 
Embiid shoots way too many threes. And Danny Green also misses way too many shots. I know Webb loves Tobias Harris. I am not as big a fan as him. I think he's kind of the like the C minus version of Chris Middleton. Just not a big fan. So I think this team has some issues. Well, what do you think of this team? What are their weaknesses? Uh, I said outside shooting and the consistency of it. They're a very inconsistent team. Seth Curry will hit seven threes one game, and then he's terrible the next game. Danny Green will hit 11 threes one game, and then he's terrible the next game. Tobias Harris isn't really a three-point shooter. Embiid isn't really a three-point shooter, but he can hit it for big men. Um, I'd say the backcourt, I think, is trash. Um, and, and the team overall is too thin, man. Like, uh, you know, health is a huge concern on this team. If MB goes down, they're finished. I love Tobias Harris. Um, I think he's just super efficient. He is sort of like Middleton like in terms of his production, um, quietly getting you, but not as good, but not as good. And Middleton himself isn't that good. So it's even worse. Wow. Wow. You just, just blasphemy over here, man. These guys are 25 and 5 a night. Eh. The over-under is 50 and a half wins, Webb. Give me the over. And B is going to dominate this season. He is mad he didn't win the MVP last season. He's going to go for it. I think this win, this team gets 51 wins pretty easily, even without Ben Simmons. Yeah, I think that's fair. Slide over. I'm not a huge over, but slide over. They got 49 last year. Team is good enough to do it in the regular season. But they were the one seed last season. I think that they can do that pretty pretty easily. I have my faith. Okay, Toronto is up next. Toronto, that's an interesting team, Webb. Their coach is still Nick Nurse. He's a champion. Not much else we can say about that. In the draft, they shocked the world and took Scotty Barnes at number four overall, a small forward from Florida State, still trash pick. Round two, pick 16, they took Delano Banton, a point guard from Nebraska. Round two, pick 17, I took David Johnson, a point guard from Louisville. Uh, I've hated the Scotty Barnes pick since they made it. I love Jalen Suggs. Am I wrong, Webb? Was, was Scotty Barnes a good pick? At pick four, I, even even doing it again, would I do it? No. Uh, I don't think it was a good pick. Um, I think Scotty Barnes had a decent summer league. I think because it's Toronto, they will embrace him. He hasn't looked bad, but I don't think he should have been number four. Uh, yeah, the draft was, was meh. I don't mind Delano coming out of yeah. Toronto. Like, you, you support Canadians. You gotta support Delano. He went to Nebraska, no longer Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> In free agency, they re signed Gary Trent Jr. for three years, 52 million. They re signed Cam Birch, three years, 20 million. They signed Svi Makhailyuk, two years, 3.6 million from OKC. And they got Sam Decker one year, $1.7 million from Washington. I think this is kind of just mad to me. I was never a big Gary Trent Jr. guy, although I did kind of like Speed last year in Detroit. He didn't do much there, but I have some hope for him this season here. What do you think? I think the biggest thing that Toronto did was the trade to get to bring over Dragic and Precious Achua uh, for Kyle Lowry, but these signings don't mean much to me. Gary Trent Jr. is. He's fun, but is he going to put Toronto into, into title contention? I don't think so. Most certainly not. And they lost, like you just said, Kyle Lowry to Miami for three years, $85 million, which is $40 million too much. And Rodney Hood to Miami, to Milwaukee, sorry, for one year, $2.2 million. Kyle Lowry's a legend. He's probably the best Raptor ever. And good for him to get this money from Miami, but I think it was a terrible idea for Miami to pay him this money. I'm a big Rodney Hood fan. Like coming out of college, 
I thought he was going to be so good. He will not be in the league in a year or two. Uh, He's your Dante Exum, who, a guy who I thought was going to be good? No, I never thought he was going to be at the levels that people thought Exum was going to be. Not that high. But, like, I thought he was going to be – I thought he would have been like R.J. Barrett is right now. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, Dante Exum was when the international players, you kind of start watching them in regular gyms online. Yeah. He was one of the first guys. I was like, oh, he looks really good. Because I didn't realize he was playing against guys that were not good at basketball. <laughs> and then he came here. I was like, oh, there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the same thing. Yeah. He, he's he been really bad uh, his entire career. But Lowry, I... Sorry. Go ahead. They, they gave him three more years. His new contract. They gave him a three-year contract. And it's interesting because Utah drafted him. And Utah's a really good team. And they put together a team very well. So it's interesting that they, they had that, that miss. Okay, Toronto's draft, they're, sorry, their team. Their starting point guard is Goran Dragic. Shooting guard, Fred Van Fleet. Small forward, OG Ananobi. Power forward, Pascal Siakam when he gets back. And their center is Precious Achua. Their key backups are Malachi Flynn, Gary Trent Jr., Scotty Barnes, Chris Boucher, Svi Mikaliuk, and Kem Birch. I like this team, Webb. I think this is actually a pretty solid defensive team. I think that was the plan with drafting Scotty Barnes. Fred's good can guard guards. OG is an excellent defender. Pascal can guard when he tries, when he's healthy. I think Chris Boucher has some length. I think that's their strength that they could be a really night nightmare defensive team. Yeah, my number one is uh is defense, but I also have uh uh the depth of their bench because I like their bench. And I think uh outside shooting will be a strength for them as well. So um they'll be like a a poor man's Milwaukee in terms of stats, like can hit the three. It can also defend very well. Um, and I think athleticism as well, like will help them to get some, some highlight level blocks. They won't be a, they won't have shot blockers that lead the league or anything, but it will be some, some highlight level plays on defense. And I think their weaknesses, I don't love their bigs. I'm not sure how good pressure is going to be this year. Chris Boucher hasn't done it for very long. I just don't love the bigs they have here. It seems like their whole team is like 6'6 six, six to 6'9. Six, they have a bunch of those guys that kind of like what Boston did. But I just don't love their their bigs. Yeah, I agree with you. I have the front court as being one of their weaknesses. And also, uh, because of that, rebounding. I think they're, they're going to get out-rebounded like crazy. And uh, I think inside scoring as well. Like, no one here worries me scoring around the basket, really. Yeah, very true. Their over-under is 36 and a half. I'm taking the under. Uh, if Pascal was there all season, I might say maybe. I just don't think they have enough health to make this run. I think they probably trade Goran Dragic in the near future. I just think this is another rebuilding year, and then they go for it next season. Uh, give me the over. Um, that's a really low number, 36. And, you know, I think the Raptors are better than that. Um, and Siakam should be back soon enough. I imagine he'll be back in the next couple of weeks or so. See, Webb is tired of getting bombarded by toronto fans at work and on and on his way downtown where he's just yelled at and like people throw pies and tomatoes at him on the street for being anti-toronto so he took the over there to be slick and no one's believing you because you're gonna start trashing the title that toronto won rightfully over the golden state warriors any second now and uh you deserve all the hits coming your way hey man toronto won 2019 milwaukee won this year well deserved lakers won an asterisk title in a bubble yeah Okay, the division order I have is Philadelphia winning, Brooklyn in second, Boston third, 
the Knicks fourth, and Toronto fifth. Do you have it any different? Uh, let me let me see what let me see what I had here. I had um, Brooklyn first, Philly second, Boston third, Knicks fourth. Toronto fifth. It's a, almost the same thing. We have Brooklyn and Philadelphia switched. Okay, let's get to the Southwest division, Webb. I think we are going to power through this division because there is one good team and probably four mediocre teams. In 2020, Dallas won the division at 42 and 30. Memphis came second at 38 and 34. San Antonio third at 33 and 39. New Orleans fourth at 31 and 41. Houston in last at 17 and 55. Dallas was the five seed. Memphis were in the playing game as the nine seed, and San Antonio were in the playing game as the 10 seed. That's what happened last season. So in 2020, Dallas again went 42 and 30. They lost their coach, Rick Carlisle, to Indiana, and now they have Jason Kidd in his third stop as a head coach. I have my issues with Jason Kidd as a head coach. I'm not sure he's good. Webb, are you a bigger believer than me and Jason Kidd? I think he's well liked. Um, and I think he has had some success uh, with Milwaukee and Brooklyn. You know, he didn't take them to the finals or anything, but I like Jason Kidd. I was sad to lose him for my Lakers. Yeah, no one was sad to lose Jason because that's never happened. In the draft, Dallas had zero draft picks. That's interesting. They made some moves in free agency, though. They re-signed Tim Hardaway, four years, $75 million. They stole Reggie Bullock from the Knicks for three years, $30 million. They re-signed Boban for two years, $7 million. They got Frankie Smokes from the Knicks for two years, $3.8 million. And they got Sterling Brown from Houston for two years, six million. I kind of like the Reggie Bullock signing. Because like you said, he's a good defender. And they didn't really have that kind of guy. And Luca cannot play defense to save his life. So hopefully Bullock and Hardaway can play defense together a little bit. Yeah, good luck with keeping those guys on the court. Uh, I did not like their free agency at all. Um, particularly when they didn't have any draft picks. I thought they would have sort of made more splashes. But good luck to Dallas. Are you saying Boban was not a great signing? That's a great signing. He almost beat John Wick. That's. I was just going to say that. What do you remember Boban more for? John Wick or the NBA? Honestly, it's John Wick. It's that playoff game against the Clippers last season. And it's his friendship with Tobias Harris. Because those videos online are amazing. Whether they can love together, it's really funny. They're best friends for real. It's crazy. Yeah, I heard about that. I wasn't interested in watching it at all. Um... <laughs> Don't care about their personal you hate life. You just hate seeing people being happy, huh? Yeah. It's just terrible. Just don't. Didn't, didn't care to see them on anything. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Does this Dallas like, team feel any different to you than last year? Other than Luca running the show? No. No. Although, I'm hoping that they can play a little bit of defense this year and Chris Stapps can kind of stay healthy. But... I have my doubts about either of those things happening. Their depth chart is Luca at point guard and coach and team president. Shooting guards, Tim Hardaway Jr. Small forward, Dorian Finney-Smith. Power forwards, Chris Porzingis. Center is Dwight Powell. Their key backups are Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock, Maxi Kleber, Trey Burke, who's still in the league, Josh Green, Willie Cauley-Stein, and Frank Nilkina. And Boban, my boy Boban. Webb, I think this team has decent three-point shooters. I think almost everyone on their roster can hit from anywhere. KP can hit the three sometimes. Luca can occasionally hit a three. He's really good at those step-back threes. Hardaway Jr., Tory, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, they have a good shooting, a good outside shooting team. That is their strength. Yeah, I was going to say their strengths are Luca, 
and and scoring. But yeah, they can't hit the three. This is not a very good roster. Um, but I do like Tim Hardaway Jr. And, and, and KP, I'm not gonna ride on KP. KP's not bad. Like KP, KP's okay. He's okay when he's healthy. But I think one of the reasons Carlisle got out of there was he did not know how to incorporate KP in this Luca offense. Hopefully, Jason Kidd will figure that out. But I have my doubts. Yeah, uh, I'm, wa- I'm watching the Dallas Atlanta game right now. Luca didn't spend much time in the gym. It seems looks uh... little doughy, little doughy, little doughy. Some I'm watching, I'm watching Milwaukee and Miami, and uh, it's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this team's weakness is defense and size. KP seven three, but he plays like a six five. I I just Dwight Powell is not a great defender. Luca doesn't try on defense. I think this is going to be one of the worst defensive teams in basketball again. This team's not going to be good. I don't think they'll be that good at scoring inside, unless it's Luca driving to the basket, uh, crashing the boards. Primitive defense, I'm worried about all of that. The over-under here is 48 and a half wins. It's a big number. What do you have, Webb? Give me the hard under. I'm taking the under, too. I think that's just a big jump for them to win. They went from 42 to 49. I think that's too money. I'm not sure Jason Kidd's a good coach. And I'm also not sure Luca. I think Luca's really good, but I think he thinks he's better than he is. Like He thinks he's new Michael Jordan, and he's not Michael Jordan. He's very good, but he's not that kind of player yet. He's not even Michael B. Jordan. Let's uh, let's calm it down here. I think Luca is one of the five best offensive players in basketball. I think I think I can safely say that. I think he's one of the five worst defensive players in basketball, but he's one of the five best offensive players. I just think that he thinks he's the best player overall in the league. In his brain, he's the best guy, and he's not yet. Yeah, I don't think I'd give Luca even that. Offensively, I think he is. I think it's pretty obvious he is. I take Katie. Give me Steph. Give me Harden. Uh, give me Kawhi. No. I'm taking Kawhi. Um, give me Dame. I would take Luca over Dame. Take him over Kawhi offensively. I just think he's so much bigger than Dame. He can do a little more stuff than Dame can. But I love Dame too. Okay. And I think Kawhi is a better defender than he is an offensive player. Really? I think he's he is such a reliable mid-range. I, I think Kawhi is very underrated on offense. Kawhi's not going to play for four more years. He signed that contract. <laughs> he's out until 2025. Okay, Webb. Houston is up next. Last year, they went 17 and 51. They were terrible. And their head coach is Steven Silas. Do you like him as a coach? I think he got a raw deal. Um, it's hard to tell. PJ Tucker just hit a three coop uh, for your information. But uh, back to Steven Silas. Uh, <laughs> uh, the team was so bad and the environment's very toxic. Look at who's gone like from front office and Daryl Murray to coach and Mike D'Antoni a couple years ago to Chris Paul, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Uh, Eric Gordon also wants out. So I think it's to be determined. Fair. Okay, in the draft, they took round one, pick two, Jalen Green from the G League. Round one, pick seen at 16, 16, they took Alperin Sengun, a 6'9 center from Turkey. Round one, pick 23, they took Usman Garuba, a center from Spain. And round one, pick 24, they took Josh Christopher, a guard from Arizona State. You loved Jalen Green this last season. Do you think this was a good draft for Houston? Yeah, I think it was solid. I, I watched uh, Sengun in the in the summer league, and he was solid as well. So I think Jalen Green is going to be a star. I like Sengun quite a bit. Uh, I don't get why these guys are 6'9 in centers. I don't understand this, but 
I think he's more like a small forward in the NBA sometimes, but I have my doubts about Jalen Green as well. He did not look good yesterday, but we'll see if he gets better. One game. Coop, if it was someone that you liked and they had a great game, you'd have been all in. 100%. I'm a huge hypocrite. I'm pretty consistent about that. In free agency, they sand Daniel Tice from Chicago for four years, $35 million. They got David Nwaba. They re-signed him for three years, $15 million. And they re-signed Dante Exum for three years, $8 million. Uh, I think Daniel Tice is okay. Besides that, I don't really care about these signings. And they lost Kelly Olenek to Detroit for three years, $37 million, And Sterling Brown to Dallas for two years, $6 million. Uh, Kelly Olenek was surprisingly good for this team last season. I think they're going to miss him. But I don't think they'll miss Sterling Brown very much at all. Okay. Let's go over Houston's roster. Their starting point guard is Kevin Porter Jr. At shooting guard, they have Jalen Green, the number two pick in the draft. At small forward, they have Jason Jason Tate. At power forward, Daniel Tice. And at center, Christian Wood. Uh, Their key backups are DJ Augustine, Eric Gordon, Kenyon Martin Jr., Alperin Sengun, Daniel House Jr., and Armani Brooks. So it's an interesting team. I think they have decent guard depth as a strength. Kevin Porter Jr. looked pretty good in a couple games last season. Jalen Green has upside, like Webb just said. Eric Gordon wants to be traded, but he's a, he's a decent shooter. And DJ Augustin, I think, is constantly underrated by the league. What do you have as this team's strengths, Webb? Uh, the ability to score the basketball outside shooting. I think they're going to be in some fun games. Kevin Porter Jr. is fun. Jalen Green's fun. Uh, KJ Martin's fun. And they can really shoot it from outside. It's going to be a bunch of gunners on one team. And that is why I have their weakness as being a terrible defensive team. Because none of these guys play defense. And I, I think they're going to be in a lot of games where they lose like 130 to 118. I think this is a tough look for Houston this season on defense. Oh, it's going to be terrible. They're not holding one opponent under 100. It's not happening. The over-under is 25 and a half. I'm taking the under. This team can score, but they can't defend at all. I think it's a 22-win team. Damn. Well, we already bet, and I took the over weeks ago, so I'm sticking with that. Did we? Yeah. I'm a man of integrity, Coop. <laughs> so <laughs> That's the funniest thing you've ever said in this podcast. <laughs> the next team up is Memphis. In 2020, they went 38-34. and 34. Their head coach is Taylor Jenkins, 100%. Webb, do you like him as a head coach? It's kind of where I am, too. In the draft, in round one, pick 10, they took Zaire Williams, a forward from Stanford. And round one, pick 30, they took Santi Aldama, a center from Loyola. I like Zaire Williams. I thought he was a good college player. I watched more Stanford games than I care to admit last season. I think he will play. I think he has a chance to be pretty good. And I think they will give him some minutes. I think Memphis has a chance to be a decent team this season. In free agency, they signed nobody. And they had some losses. They lost Justice Winslow to the Clippers for two years, $8 million, And they lost Rajon Rondo to the Lakers for one year, $2.6 million. I forgot Justice Winslow was still in the league. And Rajon Rondo did nothing for this team last season. Yeah, he didn't play for them last season. So it wasn't really a loss. That's why I said he did nothing for them. <laughs> I, was pretty... I meant it literally. Justice Winslow was not a loss. Um, yeah, I didn't care for their, uh, free agency that much. Um, they got Steven Adams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't really understand why they did that over Valanchunas other than, other than, uh, the contract. Um, I like Sam Merrill. I like Carson Edwards. 
They got some guys I liked in college, but I don't know. It's a very deep rotation. Their depth chart, their starting point guards, John Morant, shooting guard Dylan Brooks, small forward Desmond Bain, power forward Jaron Jackson, who they just gave a contract extension to, and their center is Steven Adams. Their key backups are Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, Xavier Tillman, Jared Culver, Zaire Williams. That's about it, I think. Webb, what are this team's strengths? Uh, it's a gritty team. Um, John Morant, who I think is a superstar in the making. Uh, the ability to score the basketball. And they have they have depth. Um, they have they have depth in the, in the backcourt. Uh, Desmond Bain, D'Anthony Milton, um, Tyus Jones, obviously John Morant. Very deep team there. And they can score the basketball. I think there might be a decent defensive team as well. Steven Adams can play defense. Jaron Jackson is supposed to be a good shot blocker. We haven't really seen him much yet, but apparently that's going to happen eventually. I'm I'm not a big Jaron Jackson Jr. guy at all. I don't like him. Do you know he went before John Morant in our fantasy draft? Did he really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. There's always hype about him. I think he's scored like 14 points a game as a career high. He's not... I don't know, man. I don't know what people are seeing. I agree 100%. Uh, yeah. Their over-under is 41 and a half. What do you have here? Give me the hard over. Yeah, I'll take the over too. I think, like you said, Ja takes a giant step forward this year. I think he cements himself as kind of the next guy. Like he's going to be like, hey, you guys should take a man instead of Zion. That's what this season's about for Ja. Glad you're buying in, buddy. You know who drafted Ja in fantasy this year? This genius right here. This guy. Molly on Ja this year. I love Ja, man. I think he's a potential MVP candidate. I think he's really good. He's going to take that leap. You didn't believe in him last year for some reason. And then he killed it and brought Memphis to the playoffs. He had an excellent season for sure. And I recognize that and drafted him this year because I believe. Whereas you, you drafted Chris Middleton and Tobias Harris over John Morant. So, yeah. Who loves John Morant, really? This guy right here. <laughs> Okay, New Orleans is up next. In 2020, they went 31 and 41. Their coach is Willie Green. Do you like him as a coach, Webb? Um, don't really know him as a coach, know him as an assistant. I'm glad he got a chance, but this is the, what the third coach uh, in a few years. They had Van Gundy, they had Gentry. Is he going to last? There's no stability here. Um, so, eh. I think New Orleans is probably out of this city soon. So there's no stability anywhere in New Orleans for this team. Uh, in the draft, round one, pick 17, they took Trey Murphy the third, a guard from Virginia. And round two, pick 35, they took Herb Jones, a small forward from Alabama, whose parents clearly didn't love him because they named him Herb. Yeah. yeah, I didn't like their draft too much. But Trey Murphy actually hasn't been bad. He might need to play this year too. In free agency, they signed Devontae Graham from Charlotte for four years, $47 million. They re-signed Josh Hart for three years, $37 million. They got Garrett Temple from Chicago for three years, $15.5 million. Willie Hernan Gomez for three years, $7.3 million. And Didi Luzada for four years, $7.6 million. Eh, I'm kind of mad at all these guys. Devontae Graham just shoots a lot. He's not very efficient. Josh Hart has been mediocre since he was a Laker. I'm just pretty underwhelmed by all these guys, Webb. Josh Hart was a great person. Um... Yeah, I don't really care for much. They got JV. I like Garrett Temple, but yeah, I'm not big on what they did. 
I mean, he got $15 million for three years, so no one really likes him that much, if we're being honest. And in free agency, they lost Lonzo Ball to Chicago for four years, $80 million, and James Johnson to Brooklyn for one year, $2.6 million. I was a big Lonzo fan, but I'm okay with letting him go to the door. I'm, I don't think it's that big a loss for this team. I like Lonzo. Um, yeah, this team's in trouble. Yeah, they really are. Their depth chart. Starting point guard, Devontae Graham. Shooting guard, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Small forward, Brandon Ingram. Power forward when he gets back sometimes, Zion Williamson. And their center, center is Jonas Valanciunas. Their key backups, Thomas Sadoransky, Trey Murphy III, Josh Hart, Najee Marshall, Jackson Hayes, Kira Lewis Jr., and Willie Hernan Gomez. I think this team will be a good shooting team. Devontae Graham... Shoots the three a lot. Brandon Ingram hit three. Nikhil Alexander-Walker hit three. Jonas can even spot up and hit like deep two sometimes. I think this team will be a good shooting team. I have uh, outside shooting as the, as the one of their weaknesses. I think <laughs> I think this team is going to be a good rebounding team, and they're going to finish up the basket well once Zion's healthy. Uh, that's it. I think they can score inside. That's all I have. I think Jonas last night was three of 17 shooting. And I was furious by that because I thought they'd be a good inside team as well. Got paid. Yeah. God. I drafted him, then he got paid. Uh, their weakness is big man depth. Jackson Hayes has done nothing, and Zion can't stay healthy. He's going to miss 50 games this year. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd add um, experience. Yeah, not the type of team that um, you need around Zion. Over under is 38 and a half. I'll take the hard under here. It's the hard under. It's going to be one of the worst teams in basketball. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Uh, give me the hard under as well. Okay. And the last team in our division recaps, division previews, sorry, the San Antonio Spurs. In 2020, they went 33 and 39, and they still have Coach Pop as their head coach, one of the best coaches of all time. I don't think much needs to be said about him. In the draft, they shocked the world by taking Josh Primo a guard from Alabama at the 12th pick overall. And in round two, pick 41, they took Joe Weiskamp, a small forward from Iowa. Uh, Josh Primo, everyone said, was two years away from being two years away. So I have some doubts about this being a good pick. Did you like this draft web? I don't mind Joe Weiskamp, but no, I didn't like the pick. There was no reason for them to take Primo. But I guess the Spurs are so used to drafting guys and having them come play for them you know, develop them slowly that they're like, we don't care if we have to wait, but they could have gotten much better players at this draft position. He is their fifth string two guard right now. You know how terrible that is? That's real bad. In free agency, they signed Doug McDermott from Indy for three years, 42 million. Zach Collins from Portland for three years, 22 million. And Bryn Forbes, Bryn Forbes from Milwaukee for one year, 4.5 million. I kind of like these signings. I like Bryn Forbes. I think Doug McDermott's a great shooter. And if Zach Collins could ever stay healthy, he might actually be good at basketball. Did you like any of these signings, Webb? Yeah, I like Bryn Forbes. I thought he was one of the best shooters last year from outside. Uh, McDermott fits in well. I like Thad Young, who they acquired in a trade uh, for DeRozan. Um, that's about it. Okay, they lost DeMar DeRozan to Chicago for three years, $85 million. Rudy Gay to Utah for three years, $18.5 million. Patty Mills to Brooklyn for two years, $12 million. Trey Lyles to Detroit for two years, $5 million. 
and Gorgie Dang to Atlanta for one year, $4 million. I think they're really going to miss a lot of these guys. I think they're going to miss DeMar, who was their best scorer last year. Rudy Gay was better in leadership. And Patty Mills is a good player. I think they're going to have some, I think they're going to miss some guys here, Webb. I really do. I agree with you. Um, a lot of their offense is, is gone. Okay. Their depth chart is at point guard, Deontay Murray. Shooting guard, Derek White. Small forward, Doug McDermott. Power forward, Keldon Johnson. Center, Jacob Pirtle. And their key backups are Derek White. Sorry. Bonnie Walker the fourth, Devin Vassell, Thad Young, Drew Eubanks, Bryn Forbes, and Trey Young. What are this team's strengths, Webb? You mean Trey Jones? Yeah, I'm watching Trey Young. That's my fault. That's a, <laughs> that is my fault, 100%. Uh, I think they have a very deep roster, sort of next man up. Um, you know, they can replace an injury quickly and still do well. Um, outside shooting with Bryn Forbes back. Uh, ball movement and pop. Yeah, I had their strength as coaching. I think this team's going to be, uh, I think roster wise, it's pretty bad, but I think they're going to be in some games just because P- Coach Pop is so good at what he does. Because really, they don't have a top 50 player on this roster. None of these guys are one of the best players in basketball. So, it's my issues. No. I do like DeJounte Murray quite a bit, but uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's top 50. He's not a number one guy. If he's your yeah. third option, like that's a good team. But he's not a one. I don't think he's even a two, really. Yeah, no. Not at this point. But it's still early. Yeah, hopefully he can develop. He's still young. And I think their weakness is defense. I don't think this team has any really good defenders. I don't think Deontay is a great defender. Doug McDermott can't defend. I think Pirtle gets some blocks sometimes. I don't think he's a great defender, though. I'm not really sure about this team's defensive makeup. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the defense either. I had... Uh, another glaring um, weaknesses, them being undersized, and uh, they're very, they're very thin in the front court, and um, they're also injury prone. Shante Murray can't stay healthy. Derek White is always banged up. Um, Lonnie Walk- Walker gets hurt. Not a very uh, tough team. Do you think Pop made this team bad on purpose? So if his this is last year. The city just goes down basketball wise, and he's remembered as a god. Is that possible? Nah, I think Pop's evil. Their over under is twenty nine point five wins. What do you have here, Webb? What is your last prediction for over under? Yeah, give me the over for this. Okay, I like it. Our last team, we're gonna disagree. Give me the under. I think Pop is gonna tank this season. I think it's on purpose, so he retires, and then the team just crumbles with his with him gone. This is an under. I don't believe in any of these players or how they fit together. <laughs> I think it's going to be bad. Damn. Yeah. I'm higher on the Spurs than you are. My final prediction for this division. At first, Dallas. Second, Memphis. Third, New Orleans. Fourth, San Antonio. Fifth, Houston. What do you have as your order, Webb? Uh, yeah, so I have Memphis one. I have the Spurs at two. I have Dallas at three. What? The Spurs at two? That is wild. Dallas. So Memphis one. Spurs two, Dallas three, New Orleans fourth, Houston fifth. I think New Orleans is going to be real bad. Wow. Okay, this got interesting. Yes, sir. I could be, I could be talked into San Antonio over New Orleans because both are terrible. But thinking San Antonio is good is wild by you. I'm looking forward to that. It's not so much that I think the Spurs are really good. Like I don't think they're going to be a 45 win team or anything. I just think Dallas is not good, and I think New Orleans and Houston are. Not good at all. I think New Orleans and Houston are just out of the running. 
everyone wants New Orleans to be good because of Zion. The NBA fixed this whole playing thing so Zion could make the playoffs, and it just backfired. So they're like four and five to me. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. I think. <laughs> Guess we'll see. Everybody, please go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenom. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We really appreciate it. Please enjoy these games this weekend. Oop, every sport is on right now. Baseball, basketball, hockey. Hockey's not a sport. Football. It's an activity on skates. That's not a sport. But this is like the first day that you know the regular season has has had all the games. Sorry, baseball's in the playoffs, but still. Um, or we've had like games that mean something at at once, like today. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. So good. Yeah. I'm watching zero baseball, but um I do hope the Dodgers stay alive. So they are gonna get knocked out very, very soon. It's over for them. They lost everybody. Yeah, okay. you know, when I say I hope, I barely care. But <laughs> it's baseball, man. <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening. Have a great night. We out.